Experience the magic of the holidays at the Bull Run Festival of Lights, Northern Virginia's largest drive-thru light show. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow. Ooh and ah through the winter wonderland where it's always snowing and see the tallest light display yet. Purchase tickets today at BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. That's BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. Northern Virginia's largest drive through light show. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to receive a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. And remember to love God, love people, and love life. Taking sides, we're taking over. Yeah, love God, love people, love life. Oh, we're not taking sides, we're taking over. Tonight. We're going to wrap up superheroes tonight. Good to see everybody um, that were able to get your fatigues and all that. Great. If you weren't, I understand that too. And, uh, and uh, we're going to do a little war tonight. We're going to do a little war tonight, church. That's why I had you wear We're going to do a little war tonight as we transition out of superheroes into already won. Say, every battle already won. Lift your Bibles. Let's make our confession of faith together. Because I am unconditionally loved by God and at harvest, I come to God as I am. But through today's life-giving message, I won't stay as I am. This is my banner year, which is my best year yet. In Jesus' name, remain standing. Go to Song of Solomon, Chapter 2. We were here on Sunday, Song of Solomon, Chapter 2. We're wrapping up our series, Superheroes. As he is, so are we in this world. Which means anything that we see Jesus doing or anything uh, that we see Jesus being or acting out, the Scripture says that we're supposed to do the same thing. As he is, so are we in this world. And so on Sunday, uh, prior, we talked about the necessity of an enemy. Then we, from that story, got into Hannah's hangups. And then this past Sunday, we talked about how to catch and conquer your individual enemies. And so this is going to just jump off of that a little bit uh, in a very unique way. So I think you're going to receive some good information tonight. Song of Solomon 2.15. Catch us the... Catch us the... And, and how big are they? The little foxes. Well, I says, you keep thinking it's this big, big, big issue that you're facing and confronting and dealing with. The reality is it's something small that's been in your life for a long time, but it's been evading you because you were looking for Goliath and you were supposed to look for a fox. Catch us the little foxes. What do they do, church? That spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. Say this over your own life. Say your name. Say it's harvest time. Say it's time for you to live a quality of life you've never lived before. You're in your banner year. That means your best year yet. Say the only thing in the way are these little foxes say but tonight they're getting out of here 
<laughs> Father, in the name of Jesus, customize, tell to make this word for us, your people. I pray that this word would uh, be delivered to the ears of those that intend to do something with it, that it be delivered to doers that intend to move and walk and what you have ordained. And this year, it is that it would be our banner year, our best year yet, marked by significant accomplishment and achievement. I declare discouragement fall off of us right now. Confusion fall off of us right now. Frustration fall of us off of us right now. Anything that's hindering the flow of this word into our spirits, that's who you made us to be, that it would be destroyed right now so that this word could be acted upon. I declare there's a Nike spirit, a just do it, a Nikeo in the Greek, a get it done spirit in this place tonight. We got on fatigues tonight because we come to be gladiators tonight. We've come to be warriors tonight. We've come too far to turn back now. We've made too much progress to turn back now now and tonight we declare we're gonna catch us some foxes in Jesus name somebody shout hallelujah you can be seated in the presence of the Lord in the series superheroes we've been unlocking our divinity because first John 4 17 you should know this really good now says as he is so are we in this world and when we understand how he is and what he does we see how we must be and how we must do and on Sunday we learn how to catch and conquer our individual enemies and I said this to you why did I say catch your enemies say catch them Song of Solomon 2.15 says, catch us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. And I taught you that the wisdom of this verse is seen when the word fox is used as a verb. And as a verb, fox means to baffle or to deceive someone and to be cunning. And to be cunning means to achieve your desire by deceit, evasion. But watch this, it's attractive to me. Watch this. So it's deceitful and it's evasive, but it's attractive. It's deceitful, it's evasive, but it's attractive. In other words, the individual enemies that you and I face and an enemy is a noun a person place thing or idea that you and I face that opposes our forward progress watch this when we confront them they evade us because we're drawn and attracted to them say it again the individual enemies which is a noun which is a person place thing or idea what does it do it opposes our forward progress when we confront them they evade us because we're drawn and attracted to them I need you to get that, which means a lot of the times you're looking for this big enemy over here, not realizing that the enemy has really been in your hand the whole time. You're looking over here, over there, everywhere, not realizing that the enemy has already been in your house the whole time. Maybe the enemy was your mindset because it's a noun, person, place, thing, or idea, which means you can have some ideologies that are actually the little fox because every time you get close to breakthrough, you talk yourself out of it. Every time you get close to walking in what God has ordained, you shrink down. Every time it looks like you're going to have a breakthrough, instead you have an emotional breakdown. But I came to speak it into somebody's life tonight that those days are over in your life. You're going to have to learn how to call things that be not as though they were so I don't care if you ain't feeling it tonight you better learn how to say it until you see it say those days are over in my life so I need you to catch the principle the individual enemies which are nouns which are people places things and ideas that oppose our forward progress they evade us because we're drawn to them and attracted to them which means I'm drawn to it so I don't see what it really is I'm pulled toward it so I don't see what it really is. And anything that you're drawn to is going to be difficult to defeat. And anything that you're attracted to is going to be difficult for you to assess what it really is. Let me say it in a simpler way. It's hard to evolve if your enemy is drawn to its enemy. We've been talking about evolution all this year in conjunction with it being a banner year. Banner year meaning our best year yet marked by significant accomplishment and achievement. Say it is my banner year. 
Simultaneously, we've been talking about how it's evolution time. And to evolve is to go from an inferior level to a superior level. It is to unfold. It is to unveil. It is to go from the bottom to the top, from zero to ten. But you cannot evolve when your enemy is drawn to its own enemy. Because every time you're trying to make progress, you'll be drawn to the very thing that messes up your progress. Have you ever noticed how sometimes you don't even need anybody coming against you because you fight with yourself enough in the car? Okay, where are the real people at? Have you ever noticed how you'll have a fight with yourself in the bathroom in the morning and you'll say, well, you're tired before you even get to work. He says, little foxes, they spoil the vine. And to spoil the vine, that means that it diminishes or destroys the value or quality of the connection between the soil, watch this, and the fruit on the vine. Check it out. It messes up the connection between the soil and the fruit. Say the soil and the fruit. Check it out. So here's what the little foxes do. The little foxes ruin your fruit. What's fruit represent, Bishop? Your results your productivity. So you'll put in labor but never see greater because you haven't caught your little foxes. And here's the thing. When I go to the gym, there's one particular piece of equipment I hate. You want to know what it is? The treadmill. Now let me tell you why I hate it. I don't mind sweating. I like sweating. It makes me feel like I've done something. I'm not the only one. The reason I hate the treadmill is because I keep walking on this thing, but I'm not going anywhere. Okay. I run on this belt, but I'm not going anywhere. And the issue is that's how many people sometimes feel in areas of our lives. I'm on this treadmill, but I'm not going anywhere. I'm busy, but I'm not productive. I'm tired, but I ain't got nothing to show for it. But I came to speak it into your life that those days are over in your life you may not feel it but you just might as well celebrate like it already is say those days are over in my life say those days are over in my life why do you feel that way because you have little foxes and even jesus had to deal with little foxes luke 13 31 y'all ready for this say even jesus had to deal with some foxes so watch this as he is so even jesus had to deal with a fox so guess what you and i are gonna have to deal with foxes and we're going to have to catch them and conquer them. If you want to be a little bit more intense, catch them, kill them. Oh, y'all like that. This sounds like the 1115 crowd. Y'all like that, huh? Say, catch them, kill them. I hear this, Luke 13, 31. On that very day, some Pharisees came to him. Now, so you get a, get a context, there was a couple of groups of people Jesus dealt with, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and they were both religious sects, S-E-C-T-S, of Judaism, and they both fought about doctrinal issues one group said this the other group said this and the reality is is that they couldn't agree on anything except for the fact that they liked feeling important and they were the religious order of the day and so they hated Jesus because here Jesus is making God available to everybody and they wanted God to be available only to an exclusive few aren't you glad you're part of a church that makes Jesus available for everybody and not to an exclusive, I, I am not to an exclusive fruit, which means I don't care where you've been, what you've done, how you messed up, the same God that loves me unconditionally is the same God that loves you unconditionally. And I might come as I am, but I won't stay as I am. So that was their issue. They wanted to be exclusive. They wanted to have a lock on God. And so Jesus comes and makes it available to everybody. And so for verse 31, on that very day, some Pharisees came saying to him, get out and depart from him for Herod wants to kill you. And he said to them, you read it. 
Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The Pharisees come to Jesus trying to mess up his flow. They come to him with some bad news to try to scare him. You, had, you ever had a day try to scare you? Where some news came your way and you're like, oh, God, I was feeling good this morning and then now this and now that and now this email and now this text and now this message and now that. anybody ever had that that's what they tried to do to Jesus Jesus is trying to be productive he's trying to be fruitful he's doing what he's been sent to do he's doing what he's been ordained to do and then they come tell him hey Jesus Herod wants to kill you now here's my question since they knew he was already God in the flesh the antipodes 100% God 100% man someone's God you can believe he's man someone's man you can believe he's God didn't they know that he knew that Herod wanted to kill him so watch this. Sometimes people report information just to see how you're going to respond. Watch this. Sometimes stuff happens in your day just to see. Are you going to stay focused and make it to church anyhow? Or are you going to let what happens to you on a Wednesday say, I ain't going tonight. Ooh, but you ought to high five your neighbor and say, I'm so glad you didn't let that fox win today. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm so glad you didn't let that discouragement win today. I'm so glad you didn't let that frustration win today. Fox, you ain't going to win no more. Jesus says, you go tell that fox. He says, he says, you go tell that fox. Behold, I cast out demons and perform cures today and tomorrow, and the third day I shall be perfected. Look at verse 33. Now you see what the fox was about. Nevertheless. Jesus said these words some other time too. Uh -huh. He says this word nevertheless when he's in the garden of Gethsemane. He's sweating drops of blood. Hemotodrosis because his sweat glands are mixing with blood. He's got blood and sweat coming out of the same gland because he's so stressed. He's so pressured. And he says, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. What was the cup? It was going to Calvary. He said, I really don't want to do this. This is going to be painful. It's going to hurt. But then watch this midway through. He says, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. What does he say then next? Nevertheless. So here it is in Luke 13. Jesus says these same words after dealing with a fox. What's he say? Nevertheless. You know how you're going to beat the foxes, the little foxes that have been spoiling your vines? Is you're going to have to make it up in your mind that you're going to stop choosing the lesser and choose the greater. Because the lesser is easier because it's comfortable, but it's nothing but a fox designed to rob you of productivity and fruitfulness. You're going to have to reach for the greater. I feel like preaching. That's why Paul said this one thing I know how to do. Forgetting those things that are behind me. I press towards the mark of the high calling. Never the last verse. He says I must journey today. He said tomorrow and the day following. For it cannot be that a prophet should perish outside of Jerusalem. Now this might confuse you for a moment because you're like, well, what is he talking about? He says, this fox wants me to stop right here and be scared. This fox wants me to stop right here and stop being faithful. This fox wants me to stop right here and stop serving. This fox wants me to stop right here and stop giving. This fox wants me to stop right here. Jesus said, but look, I got a journey today, tomorrow, and the day after that. Because a prophet can't perish outside of Jerusalem. In other words, he said, now in case you don't know it, this is a good place to shout. Jerusalem means shalom, the city of shalom, Yerushalam, which means nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, all is well. So check out what the fox was trying to do. Verse, the fox says, the fox says, go back, go back, go back, go back, go back. Okay, watch this. And he said to them, you say it. Come on, talk to me, church. 
Okay, now they just said, Jesus, Jesus! Ooh, child. Herod wants to kill you. And Jesus is like, what else is new? Do you have anything new to report to me? You need to be careful of people who always run into you with reports. Sometimes, do you know what so-and-so said? No, I don't really want to know what they said. I want to know what you said in response to what they said. All right, verse. He says, go tell that fox. Behold, I cast out demons and perform cures today and tomorrow, and the third day I shall be perfected. Next verse. Nevertheless, shout that, church. I must journey. He said, I must journey. He said, I'm on a journey. And he says, you know what? Herod wanted to do that to me. That'd be a great opportunity for me to use it as an excuse to give up and cheat on my assignment. Okay. Uh -huh. That'd be a great excuse for me to cheat on what I know I'm supposed to do because after all, Herod wants to kill me and he's in charge. And so, I mean, Jesus, this is a great opportunity for me to just be unfaithful. But he said, never. I must journey today. He says, I've got a journey today. To tomorrow and the day following for it cannot be that I should be found outside of Shalom so watch the verse can, can we go deep for a moment the fox, the little fox was trying to keep him from Shalom did you catch that church? so if you want to know why you, you have no Shalom it's because there's some foxes you haven't caught yet but tonight if you want to know why a bunch of stuff is lacking, it's not because of God, it's because of some foxes. So even Jesus had to deal with foxes. Now, I told you this on Sunday. It's time to catch and conquer those little foxes. And we discovered three categories of every enemy that we face, those three categories. You remember what they were? They all started with A. The first was average. The second was assumptions. The third was the asinine. What was the first? Average. Average is not hot or cold. It's a mixture of hot and cold. It's lukewarm. Who likes lukewarm showers? Nobody. Who wants to dishes washed in lukewarm water? Nobody. That's why Revelation 3.16 says that God vomits out what's lukewarm. What's average about our God? Nothing. As he is, so if he is not average, we should not be average. We shouldn't be average in anything that we do. Okay is not okay anymore for you. I'm going to say that again. Okay is not okay anymore for you. And don't let people make you feel bad because they're okay with okay and you're not okay with okay. They'll say, well, listen, it's not that bad. Maybe for you. But when I became a Christian, average became my enemy. So I know it's not acceptable for you or it is acceptable for you, but it is not acceptable for me because average is a little fox and a little fox is going to keep me out of shalom. Are you here, church? Now, watch this. Oh, when we become Christians, average is our enemy. So we should have the best, be the best, produce the best. Everything about us should be the best, which means we should always strive for excellence. The second enemy was assumptions. That's when you suppose something to be the case without proof. And assumptions are robbing you more than your failures are. Because an assumption keeps you on the boat, Peter, because you'll never get out because you're scared of what could happen. And the worst thing that could happen, Peter, is you take a swim. The worst thing that could happen is you take a swim. Say, that's the worst that could happen. He was a fisherman, so he had to be used to the water. Sometimes you're scared of stuff you already beat. You already beat poverty. Why are you scared of that? You already beat being a single parent. Why are you scared of that? You already beat failed relationships. Why are you scared of that? You already beat the statistics and have been married longer than anybody else in your bloodline. Why are you, why are you scared of stuff you've already beaten? Quiet, church. 
Now, watch this, watch this, watch this. Life improves by choice, not by chance, but assumptions choose not to ask and not to try. We got to choose to ask and choose to try, not turn down. Final thing we talked about on Sunday, that final enemy was the asinine, which means extremely stupid or foolish. Deuteronomy 22.10, King James Version. I'm going to have you read it. That way you can say all of the words in the text. One, two, ready, read. Okay, so just make sure you get the context of the verse. It was so important to Moses. Moses made it a commandment. He says, thou shall not plow with an ox and an ass together. An ox was an animal that got things done. An ass liked the buck and it got in the way. They served different purposes. It's not that an ass wasn't valuable. It just wasn't valuable to an ox. There are certain people that it's not that they're bad people. They're just bad for you. They just aren't a good fit for you because you like to get stuff done. They like to talk about what they're thinking about getting done. You ever had some friends like that? They like to talk about what they're thinking about getting done. They're like, oh, I'm, I'm really, I'm been, they've been talking for 12 years about how they're going to start that business. You've started the business, made some money, upgraded the business, did this, and then, okay. It's, it's, they serve two different purposes. Oxes got things done, oxen rather, got things done, and asses, they sat up and talked about the things that they wanted to get done. The ass always bucked, the ox always pressed forward. The ox would tire when it was yoked. The yoke was the wooden connection that connected the two animals together. The ox would tire when it was yoked to an ass, and watch this, it would carry it for so long, and then it's almost like it'd look at it and say, I'm tired of yo, you. Y'all are pushing me to do it. It's first, it's first Wednesday, first Sunday. Okay, all right, all right. So the ox would look over and say, really? I can't believe I'm still putting up with this from yo. I knew what yo when I met yo. I just don't know why I'm still fooling with yo. Okay, you lied to me last month and you're lying again. I'm tired of your lying. Okay, and so, okay, 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 okay. I thought y'all was my friend and I just, uh, I'm just telling you what's in the Bible. And so, and so, but I ended on Sunday talking to you that sometimes the ass, and you got to get the messages. Sometimes the ass isn't another person because the ass is just a metaphor in English for a stupid person, place, thing, or idea. Sometimes it's in us. And one of the ways that the ass in us manifests is cheating. Come on, be a good church. Don't shut me down when I'm starting to preach good. I'm just starting. I'm just getting to the meat here. It's about to make its own gravy. I promise it is. Cheating is asinine. And as we're transitioning from superheroes to our next series, uh, 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 which is called Already Won, which I'm super excited about, I asked you a provocative question on social media. I asked, and tons of people responded. And the question was, why do people cheat? And tons of people responded with lots of reasons. It's like, uh, I saw some responses like, you trying to be a preacher. I mean, they had long, 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 long explanations. And then <laughs> going to try to give me Hebrew and Greek. I said, no, don't, don't look. If you're going to come, you better come correct. If you're gonna... No, but there were some phenomenal responses. That were long. And what's interesting to me is the number one thing people associated cheating with was relationships. They didn't associate it with, uh, you, know, uh, you know, lying on your taxes. 
The number one thing people are talking about, they got insecurity because they don't this and that and this and that and that. So you automatically assumed I was talking about relationships, which told me that's a Kool-Aid. I better jump all in on Wednesday. It's quiet in the church. Now, by definition, say it's asinine. To cheat is to be unfaithful to a commitment that you make or to act dishonestly or unfairly in order to gain an advantage. So here's the question, Bishop. I'm going to answer the question. Then I'm going to tell you the people that uh, get cheated on. It's quiet in the church. All right. Praise him. Praise him. Say, Bishop. Why does if people if cheated if? Got to say real spiritual, King James. I'm just joking. Just joking. Why do people cheat? One word and one word only. Wonder what it is? See you on Sundays where I pick this up. Should I finish? Okay, I got 30 seconds left. And should I finish? Okay, okay, okay. Watch this. Here's the number one reason people cheat. I'm going to tell you after I tell you the people who get cheated on. <laughs> I'm just going to keep, I'm going to keep bringing you to the edge. That's why I say watch this because I bring you to the edge. What is it, bitch? What is it? I'm watching. I'm watching. Then I, then I feel, watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Okay. You want to know who gets cheated on? Say, Bishop. Bishop. Who, gets who gets cheated on? God does. Yeah. God, God, God gets cheated on. God gets cheated on. He does. Judges 2.16. I want you to read. I want you to read this with me. I'm going to put it on the screen. Say, God gets cheated on. And here's the, here's the truth. Especially if you're somebody who you've ever been cheated on in a relationship. You're like, Bishop, tell it. I can't wait. And I'm going to buy this CD. I'm going to buy a hundred of these CDs. And I'm going to send them to every person that ever cheated on me in the historicity of my life. Well, we all have cheated on God. Nevertheless, the Lord raised up judges. Judges uh, were uh, these natural people God gave supernatural leadership ability to. So they were superheroes. Okay, Samson, he was a superhero. Uh, all of the different judges that appear in uh, scripture. Gideon was a superhero. These were these normal individuals, these normal individuals that God says, I need to raise you up to be a hero. What does a hero do? I'm going to use you to deliver the people from themselves. Nevertheless, the Lord raised up judges who delivered them out of the hand of those who plundered them. Verse 17. Yet they would not listen to their judges, but they played the cheater with other gods, other sources. Bishop, what does that mean? Your job, a relationship, anything that gets put in God's place. So for some of you, you play the harlot with your kids. You play the harlot, you play, oh wow, got quiet there. You play the harlot with your family. You play the harlot with your car. You play the harlot because anything is more important than God at any time. So God says, you're cheating on me with something I gave you. And if you've ever been cheated on naturally in relationships, that's like walking in on somebody in the bed you bought. Y'all not saying nothing. I dare you do it, and I bought that bed. I ain't even mad about you. I knew you was a Deuteronomy 2210, but I paid for that. Oh, it got too real in church. It got so real in church. Wow. Praise be the holy God of the Lord. And bowed down to them. They turned quickly from the way in which their fathers walked in obeying the commandments of the Lord. They did not do so. And then the Lord raised up judges 
superheroes for them. The Lord was with the judge and delivered them out of the hand of their enemies all the days of the judge. For the Lord was moved to pity by their groaning because of those who oppressed them and harassed them. Verse 19. And it came to pass when the judge was dead that they reverted and became, behaved more correct, uh, corruptly than their fathers by following other gods they, to serve them and to bow down to them. They did not cease from their own doings nor from their stubborn way. Then the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and he said, because this nation has transgressed my covenant, which I commanded their fathers, and has not heeded my voice. Then the anger of the Lord, say it was hot. hot. Say he was real hot. Verse 21, I will also no longer watch the principle here. I want to get you. Say God gets cheated on. Say, and I've done it. Say we've all done it. Don't beat yourself up because your neighbor, same, we're all. Verse 21, I also will no longer, watch this, God says, as long, watch the principle. God says, as long as you cheat on me, here's verse 21, I will no longer drive out before them any of the nations which Joshua left when he died, so that through them I may test Israel, whether they keep the ways of the Lord, to walk in them as their fathers kept them or not. Verse 23, therefore the Lord left those nations without driving them out immediately, nor did he deliver them into the hand of Joshua. Bishop, what do you mean by all of that? What is all this Joshua? I'm not Joshua. My name is Susan. What are you talking about? Okay, don't, don't get it twisted. I'm teaching you the principle. There's a principle in the text. Here's the principle. To develop a faithfulness to God, he'll leave foxes in your life. And he'll say, he says, I'm not driving them out until you're faithful to me. So when you're fully faithful to me with all of you, I'll drive them out. Until then, good luck catching them. Not because he's trying to beat us up. Not because he's angry with us. Not because he's trying to beat us down. Instead, he says, I love you so much. I've been so faithful to you. I died for you. What else do you want me to do for you? So I know what I'll do. You want to keep playing the harlot with your job? You want to keep playing the harlot with your kids? You want to keep playing the harlot with sports? You want to keep playing the harlot with everything else is more important to me? I asked you for two days out of the week and you trip with me. I asked you for 75 minutes and you have the nerve to look at your watch like somebody else has done for you what I've done for you. That's all I asked you for. So he says, I'm going to leave some enemies, leave some foxes, and until you're faithful to me, they're going to be there. So go run and tell that. But then who else gets cheated on? Say, Bishop, who else gets cheated on? Other people get cheated on. This is what 100% of the comments were about. 100% of the ton of comments that came in uh, were about relationships and relationship cheating. I'm not going to ask you um, to throw up your hand if you've ever been cheated on. And I'm not going to ask you to throw up your hand if you've ever cheated. I'm just going to suffice it to say we all know somebody. Right? But when people get cheated on, it's because Proverbs 25, 19. And they're going to throw this up. They're going to throw this up. Proverbs 25, 19. Then I'm going to tell you why. Confidence. You read it. Now, 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 now. He says, he says, if you're confident in somebody that's unfaithful, it's like having a bad tooth. 
And have you ever, I remember one time I had tooth pain that was so bad, I was like, Lord, I'm ready to go. Anybody had tooth pain that bad? I'm telling you, I remember this tooth pain. I don't, I, I'm trying not to remember it because I don't want to remember. This tooth pain was so bad, I just said, Lord, I'm just ready. I just said, this is it, this is it. The point he's trying to make is, he says, whenever you have confidence in somebody that is unfaithful, it will be like a pain that makes you want to leave the earth. And it'll be like, watch this, your foot's out of joint. In other words, you won't even be able to get any traction. That's why, watch this, you can have people that went through a bad relationship and were cheated on, and that happened 15 years ago. They're still talking about it. You know why they're talking about it? Because their foot's out of joint. What does a foot do? It helps you to move forward. What can't you do when you have confidence in an unfaithful man? Move forward, because you were the one that had confidence in them. You had no business, but y'all met cheating. So now you think they're going to be faithful to you and you met on the grounds of cheating? You ain't that special. You're just the next victim. You don't put it down like that. You're just the next victim. Okay. All right. All right. They ain't saying nothing tonight. I, okay, let me leave this alone. Let me... If you'll just keep Jesus first place in your hearts. <laughs> Said I finished? <clears throat> okay. Check this out. When you're dealing with someone that's unfaithful, they're committed to being uncommitted to anything nor anyone. Normally, they've been abandoned, so they are abandoners when the price for continual commitment is too high. When people cheat on other people, now I, heard, I saw lots of reasons. It's because they're unsatisfied. Okay, well, you knew. So don't say that the burger's okay, and then all of a sudden now you want a double. Or well, you know, you know, you know. <laughs> whatever, okay. I, I heard all kind of reasons. There were all kind of reasons. Well, because, you know, because of this and that and this and that, and then people got real deep in there and said it's not that deep. They cheated because they wanted to. I mean, this is not that deep. They, 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 they cheated. Okay, I, I said I was going to wait to tell you why people cheat until I told you the people that got cheated on. After other people, there's one more that gets cheated on. But I want to tell you now why people cheat. One word, pride. Why do people cheat? Pride. Now, watch this. You might say, Bishop, what do you mean? I don't understand that. I don't understand that. Well, the root of pride is shame. Pride covers up shame. So if a person says, I cheated on you because uh, you wouldn't do this, 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 and this, well, the reality, what there is, is saying, I was too ashamed to have a conversation with you, so I decided it was easier to have new construction rather than renovation. Okay. I was too ashamed to tell you the realities of what were going on in my head, and so I found somebody else that I didn't have any emotional commitment or attachment to because I was really unafraid. I was afraid of commitment in the first place. So I found somebody else I had no emotional attachment to, so then I could share things with them that I was too ashamed to share with you because I really didn't want you to reject me if you knew the real me. So I couldn't tell you, but the reality is it had nothing to do with you. The issue was never you. The issue was me, but I couldn't tell you because I was too ashamed, and shame comes out as... Okay. 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 So, 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 see, see, so Adam, 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 Adam is in the garden and Adam makes a mistake. 
Adam makes a mistake. He sins. But God really wasn't mad at him when he sinned. No, no, no. It wasn't. That wasn't God's issue. God comes down to meet him. God comes down to greet him. The presence, the kabod of God, the weight of God. And he steps in the garden and he's walking around. I can only imagine as God is walking around in the garden. Like it was probably like when King Joffrey Jafar and coming to America. I mean, like roses all over them. Angels had all this stuff. And he's just walking and he says, Adam, where art thou, my son? And then Adam then answered, look, where you at? I ain't finna ask again. He says, Lord, I hid myself. First, I heard your voice in the garden, the same place you always came to talk to me. So I'm acting brand new like I don't know that we talk this same time every day. Okay. And I was afraid because I was naked, but I've always been naked. So something happened to give me some shame about my nakedness. So I hid myself. Next verse. And God says, who told you that? You were naked. Did you do what I said not to do? Here's, here's the end of the Bible of Adam handles it right. Yes, I did. It was me. I apologize. She just was following my lead. I should have been handling business. It's my fault. This whole thing is my mess. It's me. God's like, I forgive you, son. The end. That's it. Instead, watch verse 12. Then the man said, watch pride. It ain't my fault. I cheated on you. Okay, y'all missing the first one. It ain't my fault. I cheated on what you told me to do because of her. Has she not showed me all this attention? Okay. 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 Well, you weren't talking to me after work, so. Will you? I'll leave that alone. Then the man said, it's her fault. It's not my fault. Man got needs. Jesus. <laughs> A woman has needs, Lord. <laughs> Don't you understand? We just weren't connecting emotionally. Y'all never talk good. You the one got happy over nothing. And I'm getting ready to close. Then the man said, the woman you get, it's her fault. She gave me of the tree. And I've taught you what the tree was before. I don't have time to go that because we'll open up a whole other thing tonight. I don't have time to do that. Let's touch your neighbor and say, that wasn't no apple. She did it. It's her fault. It's not my fault. What's that? Pride. What is he really covering? His shame. What's he ashamed of? I messed this thing up. And I don't know how to fix it. So pride is covering shame. Lord, truth be told, I was looking at that tree the whole day. Okay, let me leave this alone. Let me, let me. I was just. 
at the tree the whole day. This is too real for church. I, I apologize. Praise the Lord, church. Amen. Praise him. And rather than just owning the fact that I should have just been honest with you and honest with her, I was too ashamed. And so I'm prideful. It's her fault, God. Verse 13. Then verse 13 comes up on the screen. And the Lord God said to the woman, he's like, okay, Adam, I'll be back. The woman did it? Okay. And the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? And she's like, mm, please, you ain't finna get me in trouble with God. Whatever mm, you want to put there, brother, please. Good God-fearing man, please. <laughs> Come on, be a good church. You ain't gonna get me in trouble with God. You just gonna throw me under the bus for real in front of God like this? <laughs> the serpent. The serpent made me do it. He deceived me and I ate. Watch verse, watch verse 14. Then God's like, okay. So the Lord looks at the serpent. Serpent doesn't mean snake. It means deceiver. Because angels, when they appear in the earth, they appear as humans. We learned this from Genesis 19. So God is not speaking to a snake. He's speaking to the Hasetan, which is a man. So he's speaking to a man. So he speaks to the man that is a deceiver. And he says, because you've done this. Then God just starts cursing. He says, you are cursed more than all the cattle and every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go. And you should eat dust all the days of your life. Now it's the next verse. Then he's like, I'm going to put in between, between you and the woman and your seed and her seed. And he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Talking about Jesus later on. Next verse. Then to the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply. He's like, oh, Eve. No, no, we're not done. He said, all you had to do, Eve, was say, Lord, I knew I had no business doing it. Please forgive me. Instead, she got prideful. Why do people cheat? Pride. Why do people lie? Pride. Why do people steal? Pride. Why do people fall? Pride. Touch your neighbor say pride, pride. is the real fox. I just said something right there. Try that other neighbor say pride, pride is the real fox. So he says, Eve, we're not done. Come here. Come here. Come here. I will greatly multiply your sorrow. He said, you're going to be emotional now. And your emotions are going to run you, Eve. And in conception, it's going to be painful for you. It's going to be very painful. God, believe me. It's going to be very painful for you, Eve. And your desire shall be for your husband. Since you blamed the serpent for deceiving you, now I'm going to make you have to submit to the husband, and he'll rule you so that way you won't be deceived because you'll have to check it with him first. Because pride will end up writing a check. Okay, you're not hearing me. God was like, oh, that's how you feel about it? Okay, so pride will make your mouth write a check that God says, you, you're going to cash that. And then look at the next verse. Then he looks at Adam and he says, really, Adam? He says, because you heeded the voice of your wife. What is he really saying? He wasn't saying that he, you know, he wasn't, because some people use this out of context. He wasn't saying she didn't have something wise to say. What he was saying is you cheated on what I said to do what she said. And you ate from the tree, which I commanded you not. And I said to you, let me tell you what I said, Adam. Here's, here's me. God pulled out his phone. 
He's like, is this or is this not me and you in the garden talking where I told you, you shall not eat of it. Curse is the ground for your sake. And to- okay. <laughs> Look at the verse. He says, so I'll tell you what I'm going to do, Adam. Cursed is everywhere you walk. And toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Next verse. But thorns and thistles shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat of the herb of the field. Next verse. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of you were taken, for dust you are, to dust you shall return. That's where they say that funeral. So they get that from right there. Next verse. And Adam uh, called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living things. Watch the next verse. And also Adam, the wife of the Lord God, made tunics of skin and clothed them. Next verse. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us to know good and evil. And now, lest he put out his hand and take also the tree of life and live forever. Watch the next verse. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. What did his pride cost him? Eden. What's Eden? It means the land of voluptuous living. What did he lose? Shalom. Why did he lose it? Pride. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Why do people cheat, Bishop? Pride. And what is pride covering? Shame. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? First person gets cheated on. God. Who else gets cheated on? Other people. Somebody said me. No. No, don't confess that. Do not confess that. Take that back. Somebody say other people. <laughs> do, not, do not own that. Do not own that. Say Bishop. Because I'm out of time and I got to close. Can I close it like a Baptist preacher? Say, who else gets cheated on, Bishop? You cheat on yourself. You, you, you be cheating. <laughs> you, be, you, be, you be cheating on yourself. You say, what do you mean I cheat on myself? Tomorrow at five, I'm going to the gym. And here's the trip. You cheat with a clock. Here's what you'll say. I'm going to have this done by 2 o'clock today. 4.30. I'm going to do it tomorrow because really I needed some more time to focus. I just really, I needed some more time. I just, ooh, child, I just needed time. I just, I don't know. Gee willikers, I needed time. It's quiet in the church. I'm going to forgive so-and-so. You know what? When I think about <laughs> what they did, <laughs> I ain't forgiving them today. No, 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 not today. Not today, not today. Lord, I'm working on it. <laughs> I'm going to put something on it. <laughs> I... F- I f- <laughs> them in the name of Jesus. We cheat on ourselves all the time. You would need a miracle if you had self-discipline. Sometimes, not all the time, sometimes we wouldn't need miracles if we needed self-discipline. Sometimes there's sicknesses that are caused because of what we eat. And I like eating good in the neighborhood. You understand? I I like bread. Love bread. Woke up this morning and had some bread with some good cinnamon butter on it. Won't he do it, church? I mean, it was a good morning. All the business stuff. I said, good morning to you, sir. Shalom unto you. It's a good day. <laughs> Today was a good day. 
Uh, and so, and so, so, but sometimes we would need a miracle if we had discipline. Sometimes you go and get, oh, Bishop, I think the Lord blessed me with this car. You sure? Because that payment sure looks mighty fine. And now you're faster than praying, Bishop, I need a miracle. <laughs> what you need? I'm trying to play this card note, and I just got this, and little, little Willie and, jo- and, and Susan them, and I'm trying to do this, and I'm trying to do this. I just, I need a miracle, Bishop. Do you need a miracle, or did you not need the limited? Did, 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 you, need, did you need the extra, the two-tone stitch with the leather? Okay, it's quiet in the church. Did you need, did you need the bucket seats that cost an extra $6,000 with an extra $400 a month? And now you fasted in prayer. You're the first one down. Prayer partners are coming to the base of the stage. Move, move. I gotta, it's, it's the third of the month. I got to get it in before the night. I got to get it in before the night. I need a miracle, God. I need a miracle. Uh, won't you give me a miracle? Lord, I need a miracle. Won't you give me a miracle? And God is like, you know I love you, don't you? God gets cheated on. Other people get cheated on. But we cheat on ourselves. And if you cheat on yourself, it's going to be very easy for you to justify cheating on God and people. It's quiet here. It's going to be very easy for you to justify cheating on other people. Be careful. Let me give you for my single people. I got something coming up special for my singles. Grandma, mayor, folk, for everybody. Got something for everyone's and everyone's. If you're single, the way you determine whether or not they're faithful to you and can be faithful to you is how are they faithful to themselves. Love your neighbor. As yourself, which means people can only give to you what they first give to themselves. If you don't keep your word to you, you're not going to think twice about lying to me. If you get stories mixed up in your head to yourself, you're certainly going to mix up some facts to me. And the problem is I'm a good note taker. That was at four yesterday? do my calculations now if that was at four I'm just trying to figure out why it is that you didn't call me until seven I'm just trying to do the math it ain't calculating it says this calculations is off the calculations is not working it's just not working you say she's just a friend I'm just trying to figure out Aren't you glad you could have fun in church? Okay. Here's the takeaway, and I'm done, church. What's the real fox? Pride. What's pride covering? Shame. Pride, the Bible says, last verse. Y'all ready to close this out? Let's close it out together. Pride, Proverbs 16, 18. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty or arrogant spirit hubris, arrogant, I'm entitled, I deserve this. You don't know who I am? 
Pride goes before destruction. Notice what it didn't say. It doesn't say mistakes. Mistakes don't go before destruction. It doesn't say accidents. Accidents don't go before destruction. It doesn't say failures. Failures don't go before destruction. You know what it says? Pride goes before destruction. And an arrogant spirit before fall. We need to lay your hands on yourself and say this. Say, Father, tonight, the fox I catch is the fox of pride, which is covering up shame. I have no reason to be ashamed about anything in my life, in my past, in my present, or to come in my future. Your love takes my shame. Your grace takes my shame. So if there's no shame, there's no need for pride. In this moment, I'm unashamed. Everything I've done, your blood covers. Everything I've said, your blood covers. And I stand before you unashamed. And if I'm unashamed, I don't have to be prideful. In Jesus' name. Church, would you give God a big praise for that? Oh, come on, church. We don't have a reason to be ashamed. We don't have a reason to be ashamed. We don't have a reason to be ashamed. Hallelujah. I need you to catch that. I need you to catch that. I don't care how you fail, what mistakes you've made, what you think is weird about you, what you think is crazy about you, we have no reason to be ashamed. Say, I am unashamed. Holler it, I'm unashamed. And say, since I'm unashamed, I will not fall because of pride. In Jesus' name, give him a big praise all in the place. Come on, give him a big praise all in the place. We just caught another fox, church. We just caught another fox. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. To those who visit Mickey D's for their favorite breakfast item and then go somewhere else for coffee, give this Mickey D's brew a second chance. The glow up was real. Try any size iced coffee brewed with 100% Arabica beans for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with a savory sausage McMuffin with egg for $2.79. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.